Hello, and welcome to Northeast Christian Church's online service. We're so excited to have you with us. Make sure to subscribe to NECC on all social media platforms. And to listen to our messages, follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you and enjoy the service. preaching at your home church when you bring your own pulpit to the uh, pulpit area. <clears throat> I, I just got to say, I love uh, your pastor. I love uh, Pastor Paul and Diana. They're sweet, sweet friends to us. Uh, I, have, I have pictures of Pastor Paul, which I am not going to show <laughs> because uh, I want to be invited back. That's the truth. Uh, but we've been, we've been friends for years, and I, everybody calls him Pastor Paul. I call him Pastor Paul. He's my friend, uh, but I call him Pastor Paul, and uh, I just want to say uh, openly, just thank you so much for being so present in my life uh, this past year. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the phone calls, the texts. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who attend this church, uh, but you attended to me, and I thank you so much. Let's give Pastor Paul a hand. We've got pictures, and our, our family grew up together in uh, Bradford Christian Academy, and, and uh, we have shared experiences. I just uh, thank you uh, for that. Uh, this uh, 2023, uh, how, it, it's leaving whether you like it or not, right? <laughs> if you really like the year, good. We're going to do it again next year, uh, as long as the Lord uh, tarries. Uh, but as Pastor Paul said, my dad is here uh, with me today. Uh, my dad's an ordained minister uh, with the Assemblies of God. Uh, when I knew him, he was a meat cutter. I grew up in a meat cutter's house. Uh, my dad was a butcher, and, uh, and, and he's, he's left-handed, so he, he does everything left-handed. Uh, and we grew up in the age that uh, parents, they, they corrected their children uh, uh, with, uh, they corrected their children, let's just put it that way. <laughs> if you're watching online, that means you've got to bring them to Plastow, if you're in Massachusetts, you've got to bring them to New Hampshire and correct them. But, uh, but yeah, I've been corrected, and, and you know what? I had it coming to me, I just want to let you know. <laughs> For all the things that he didn't catch me for, and for the things he did uh, catch me, but he was left-handed, so he always got that first, that first, that first one in quickly because he didn't expect it from the from the left hand. Uh, but I'm so glad to have my dad uh, with us uh, today. Um, so glad for that. And I think I, I can't see with the lights, but I think my son Stephen and Hannah are here. Are they here? I can't see. And and little baby Shep, they're here. They're over there. <coughs> Steve-O, Steve-O is here, and uh, so excited to, uh, to have uh, Steve-O and, and Hannah here, and Shep. And I, you know, I, I brought my neighbor with me. Just want to let you know. Today, today's Bring a Friend Day, so we brought our, our neighbor, Pauline. Pauline, come on, wave. There's our neighbor. <clears throat> she's the best neighbor we've ever had. Just the best. She's, she's, I've said that before, privately, and I say it publicly. She's the best neighbor uh, we ever have. Uh, we actually, Stephen and I go in her yard and we started playing disc golf. Anybody play disc golf? Anybody? 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 We need to start a disc golf club. That's all I got to say. <clears throat> so we started playing disc golf. So we go in her yard and then we throw the discs in our yard. So that's a good neighbor. That's all, that's all I got to say. And my wife is here uh, with me. We just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. That's, that's my girl right there. <clears throat> That's my girl, 30 years. Uh, it doesn't feel like 30 years. It just doesn't feel like that, but just so excited uh, with that. And our life has changed in the last three years. We went from three kids in the house to empty nesters so fast. And then the pandemic hit, and then my wife and I are, were just staring at each other. Uh, like, okay, now what, you know? <laughs> And your pastor got me a book to help me through the process. He, he, he gave it to me twice. So I, I probably, I, I, I'm a slow learner. That's all I got to say. I'm a slow learner. This morning, if you have your Bibles, if you have your uh, iPads or uh, phones or whatever you have, I want to read you 
uh, a portion of scripture from Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 8. Hebrews 13, verses 7 to 8. I want to talk to you this morning about starting well. 2023 is finishing, uh, whether we like it or not, and 2024 is going to start, and I want you to start well. Not only do I want you to start 2024 well, but I want you to, I want you to start well in your life, in your family, in, on your job, in your ministry, at this church. I want you to do well. And there's, there's a, a portion of scripture here in, in Hebrews chapter 13 that, that I just want to uh, read to you and, and go over uh, with you this morning. Uh, starting uh, in verse 1, it says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby have some have entertained angels unaware. Remember those who are in prison as those in prison, and uh, with those who are mistreated, since you were also uh, in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral, the adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money. This is like, this is like shotgun stuff. We're just, we're just boom, 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 boom. We're, we're, we're getting hit. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can men do to me? And then we get to this verse right here. After all these commands and, and things to do and, and things to, uh, to understand, it, uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews, which we don't know exactly who the writer is, uh, the Bible doesn't say. Uh, some say it may be the Apostle Paul. It sounds like the Apostle Paul. Some would say it's, uh, it's actually Priscilla. Uh, they think uh, it's, it's her. Uh, but we, we just don't know who wrote it. But we do know that Hebrews was written uh, to the Jews uh, who were uh, dispersed in the diaspora. They were, they, they were trying to worship the Lord without a temple, and they centered everything around the temple, and now they're trying to worship the Lord as a scattered people. And here we are in chapter 13, and we're, we're hearing what God is saying to the scattered people. And then we get to this scripture verse right here in verse 7. It says, <clears throat> remember your leaders. It's like the number one thing God is telling the Israelites to do. Remember, remember, remember. Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God. Consider the outcome of the way of their life and imitate their faith, for Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we just put this, these next few moments into your hands as you're telling us to remember. And, and as we've opened the scripture, we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying to us, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want you to start well, and I consider this a mandate in scripture for us to start well, for us to uh, remember. There's, there's a study that we are to do in leadership uh, so that we can understand uh, what God is trying to do in our life. So we're to remember our leaders. See, there's, there's never been a time where God has not been developing you. He's always developing you. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So is God at work in your life? That's the wrong question. Uh, the right question is, God, what are you working at in my life? How many know that's the better question? God, you're working in my life. You're shaping my life. Uh, what are you at work doing? And then the real question that comes after that is, and do I have the courage to follow your shaping in my life? Do I have the courage? I want you uh, to start well. Let's go to the next slide. This past year in my life, my life took, took a turn. My life took a, a change, and, and, uh, and, and, and it went in a direction I, I didn't see uh, coming in my life. And, 
And so I've, uh, I've started uh, my own uh, 501c3 called Leadership Thresholds. And I will be teaching and training and, uh, and preparing uh, the next generation of leaders. And it's based partly on these scriptures that I'm sharing with you today. Remember your leaders, consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate uh, their faith. I'm so excited to, to bring this uh, to church. I've taught these things uh, at North Point Bible College, and I want to bring them uh, to people and help people understand and discover the call of God on their life and help them to understand how God moves in their life, to hear the voice of God in their life and to help them to build teams and deploy teams and to help them to multiply. I, I don't know if you know this, but we just heard Pastor Paul for the last 40 minutes share, it's, it's not about me, it, it's about us, it's about us. I, I'm, bringing, I'm, bringing, he's, I, I'm bringing all the authority down. I, and basically what he's saying is he wants you to do all the work. That's, that's really what he, I mean, it sounds great, but that's what, that's what he's saying. He's releasing, he's empowering and releasing. And that's what, he's, and that's what I want to teach. I want to teach to how to empower and release. So I want to start well. So we, 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 uh, we started leadership thresholds this year. and Looking forward to seeing all that God's going to do in that. Next slide. The next slide, uh, it talks about remembering, looking back. You know, if you're going to look back, we're going to be looking back on 2023. How many don't really want to look back? It's, uh, how many want to go back to your high school days? We're going to skip that, right? Uh, how many want to go back? Yeah, looking, looking back is like, you know what? We really don't want to look back and remember, uh, but the Bible is telling us, look back and remember your leaders. And these are the things that God always brought his people through. Uh, he, told, he told the people, when you, when you get on the other side, take 12 stones, put them there as a memorial so that you will see, and when your children come by, and when their children's children come by, they will have to tell the story of what God did. There's a remembrance, and there's a, there's a healthy remembrance in looking back and uh, remembering. Thank you, buddy. That's my pastor right there. <clears throat> so you've got to remember, and you've got to look back. So when you look back, you're going in one direction, but then you look and you turn back in this direction. And, and what you do, if you're like me, you can see from start to finish. And this is what God is trying to tell uh, us in this passage. He's, he's trying to show us, when he says, remember your leaders, he's telling us, to study the leaders so that we can look at their life from start to finish. How many know what I'm talking about? So you've got to look in scriptures and, and study the leaders in scriptures. Look at the beginning of their life and look at the end of their life. How did they start? How were they in the middle? And how did they end their life? I am, I, I am not that old, um, <clears throat> although I am old enough to be in some of the older uh, groups in this church. There's, there's the 50-plus uh, uh, group, and my wife and I are protesting until that group is 55-plus, because I just, I just can't be in that category, Pastor Paul. I, we're, we're silently uh, protesting uh, that one, so... Uh, it, I don't know if it's forever young or whatever, but, uh, but anyways, but as you look back, you've got to remember, start to finish. And what God is saying right here in this passage, you've got to see the big picture in people's lives. And I know that God brings you, he brings me to study certain people in the scriptures. I am drawn to certain people in the scriptures to study their life and to look at their life and to study from start to finish and to understand their lives. You've got to look back and remember. You've got to get a big picture of their life so you can get a big picture of your life. God wants you to live sovereignly so that you don't live situationally. Situationally is, man, this stinks, this stinks. Lord, you don't know my name anymore. You don't know my address anymore. And you don't hear my prayers anymore because if you really cared about me, you would not let me be involved in this. 
Ever pray that prayer? Lord, I wish I was more healthy than I am right now. I wish this were happening right now. I wish, I, you, I think you like this person more than you like me, because if you liked me, I would not be going through the things I'm going through right now. I'm not, I would be in a different spot. I'd be in a different job. I'd be in a different house. I'd be in all these different things. But if you, if you look at your life and look at it situationally, you're going to look at it without the presence the purpose, the power, and the hand of God in your life. You're going to look at it without God. God wants you today to look at your life sovereignly. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the middle. He knows the highs. He knows the lows. And all of those things are shaping you so that you would be an effective person in the kingdom of God and give God glory all the days of your life. You've got to live a life of sovereign perspective. You can't live a life of just situation stuff because that means if we live situationally, we are victims of circumstance and no child of God is a victim of circumstance. They are blessed and not cursed. They are blessed coming and blessed coming. God is with them and he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. There are no victims of circumstance. God has you in the palm of his hands and he knows how to lead you and he hasn't forgotten a blessed thing. He will not let you go. He will never let you go. Never. But if you think God is letting you go and, and, and you're a victim and, and, and woe is me and the devil and all these things. You're taking your eyes off God and the perspective that he wants to give you. Remember your leaders. Look at the big picture. I've lived long enough to see people come and to see people go. I've lived long enough to pe see people start out very strong in church, and then you wonder what happened to them in church. I've lived long enough to see people go to church, and, and, uh, and they sing the song, I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved. I'm going to be like a tree by the living water. I'm not going to move. They don't move. They don't learn. They don't grow. They don't do anything. And they haven't done anything for the last 20 years. I've seen these things in life, and I've seen it, and I'm telling you, those are the things you look back and you say, I don't want to do those things. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to be right where God has my life, and as I look back and see what God has done in scriptures, in other people's life, I want that for my life. So, I may not be where I am right now. You may not be where you think God should have you right now, but I'm telling you, get a sovereign perspective on your life. You tell the devil, you go right back to where you belong, and you live a life of victory. He may come and tell you the truth. He may come and tell you exactly what's going on. It doesn't matter. He is a liar, and his perspective is to kill, steal, and destroy. But God says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, I shall quicken your mortal bodies. Hallelujah! You've got to look back and see the big picture. We can't live situationally. We've got to live sovereignly, knowing that God is in control. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. He's in control of your life. My dad is one of the heroes of, of my faith. Remember, looking back, my dad. Dad, why don't you come up uh, here. Dad, come up and greet the people. My dad is a first-generation Christian. First-generation Christian. He, he, and, he and my mom, my mom is with Jesus. She passed away two years ago. My dad and my mom went to the sophomore, uh, sophomore prom. True. 
True. Sophomore. <laughs> so they've known each other for a long time. Let's just put it that way. Married 54 years. Yeah. 54 years. And, uh, and, and both my mom and my dad, on both their sides, they were the first ones to say yes to Jesus on their family. Yeah. First ones. And, and, and when they did, it didn't go well no. right afterwards. Everything went wrong. It always... It, it went wrong, and I'm going I'm to let you tell uh, a few things, but on, on the screen right there is, uh, is a picture. It says, walking with imperfect feet with a perfect God. My dad just finished writing that book, and it's on Kindle right now. Yeah. And it's going to be in print pretty soon. Yeah. That's not bad for a person with dyslexia. No, I did good. You, you, <laughs> you did, you did. So, Dad, why don't you just uh, greet the yeah. people briefly. See, that, that gets them scared. <laughs> to me, it could be anywhere between 10 minutes to an hour and a half. So it all depends where the Lord leads. Not today. But, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I, I, I wrote the book for one reason and for one reason only. Uh, it's because I wanted my family to know the price that was paid by other people before they were even born, that people walked with the Lord, that we, and my wife and I, that we, we, we blazed a trail for our family, and that the rejection and the fear that all of our family had for us, and uh, they were all Catholic, and some were very devout Catholics, and all of a sudden, I got this Jesus in me, and it, it scared them. Quite frankly, I didn't know what to tell them about Jesus, because I didn't have any knowledge about him. The only thing I knew was I had Jesus inside my heart, yeah. and nobody, nobody, I would let even come near to talk me out of removing Jesus Amen. from my heart. I found the greatest treasure in my life and I wanted that treasure more than anything else in my life. Amen. My wife said to me when I first got saved, you don't love me first anymore. I said, I don't. My first love is Jesus. And Jesus gave me a new love, a deeper love, a love that, that the human flesh could, can't even understand. And I love you more today than I have ever loved you in my whole life. And I gave you all my life. I says, but I can't make you first anymore because Jesus is number one in my heart. And she was upset. It, it upset her. And then she went on a retreat two months later and she did the same thing. So then we came back and now we both had Jesus first in our hearts. And then I want to let you know, we were an unmovable force in our families. Because when two are united and two are walking in agreement, there's a power uh, and you have Jesus wrapped around that, it's, it's unmovable. Yeah. And we scared everybody. <clears throat> scared all our friends, they all left us. They said, you folks are totally different. I says, well, we may be different, but we're better. I, I, preach you more, I appreciate you more as a friend now than I ever did. So anyway, that was the beginning. Everybody left us. It was just my wife and I and our kids. And so as life went on and I just dedicated myself to my family and uh, as I got older, I wanted my grandchildren and my children to know the price yeah. that we paid yeah. so that you could have a higher walk with God. And I want you to take what you have received and, and let God grow that in you so that your child can have a higher walk with yeah. God than you. So that was the reason for the book. And uh, the book is a story about a man who knew nothing about God, 
except he had Jesus in his heart, and learned through this book, step by step, little by little, uh, how to walk with God through his word. Yeah. And every single time I had a problem, I went to God, he went, showed me in his word, and it took a long time, but in a year or two, I would be delivered. I got delivered from smoking. I got delivered from drinking. I learned how to tithe. I learned how to trust in God. I learned that I was walking in the flesh when I thought I was walking in the spirit. I learned that I was binding Satan and everything. And God says, uh, did you make me God or did you make Satan God? And I said, I made you God. He says, then what makes you think Satan has control of your life? Yeah. I am the Lord of your life. Yeah. I am the King of Kings. Amen. I am the one that watches <clears throat> over you. Satan doesn't do anything. Yeah. You put your eyes and your trust on me, yeah. and I will lead you and guide you in victory. Amen. So these are the things that I write about in the book. These are the things that I want my family to know, that we have victory but our victory doesn't come from us. Our victory comes from Jesus Christ and from him yeah. and from the power of his word yeah. and that he never lies, yeah. he always tells the truth. Yes. And, but sometimes we have to stand on it yeah. in order to receive what he said. Amen. Because he has to change us. He's not gonna bless us in the spirit if we're walking in the flesh. We have to get into the spirit into his mindset, do what he says, and then the blessings flow. Amen. So I just ask you, you, you read the book, and I hope that it, it would bless you when it comes out, and that uh, you understand that I wrote it for the purpose of my family so that we could grow deeper and deeper into the Lord. Amen. 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 Yeah, it's great. Okay. That's my dad. That's my dad. I'm proud of him. His, his prayer when he was growing up is he wanted to be a good father. He grew up in a dysfunctional, alcoholic home, and I didn't. He went first. If he could do it, you can do it. My life experience is not my dad's life experience because he put a stop to generational curses. They stopped at, at the cross of Christ and he said, no more. He said, not in my house, no more. And Dad, I, I thank God for you. I thank God for that. <clears throat> so you gotta remember. I remember uh, it, there was a time in my life I would read through 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, uh, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and then I would just keep reading. Or it was like round robin. I'd read it over and over again. I, ate, I even felt guilty for reading the Bible, for not reading all the other parts of the Bible, but I really liked those parts. But, but God was drawing me to people in those portions of scriptures. And as I study these leadership principles and how to look back and remember, I, I, I come to a, a woman by the name of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. The Bible says that, that Hannah was without a child, but her husband, uh, who had another wife, she had more children. And year after year, they would go up to the temple every single year, and, uh, and, 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 and they would go, and, and she wouldn't have any, any children. And the husband wasn't always that affectionate towards Hannah. And, and the husband's other wife, she was worse than the husband towards Hannah. And they attacked Hannah, and she had no one to go to in her life. Have you ever felt you got nobody to go to? I mean, Hannah went to the house of the Lord and the priest, uh, she was crying out to God and the priest even got it wrong on her life. The, she, the priest thought she was drunk and she said, I'm, I'm not drunk, I'm praying unto the Lord. And, and uh, then the priest got it right and said, okay, let it be as you've prayed. And she, she prayed a prayer. And, and in some, uh, some circumstances say uh, she vowed a vow unto the Lord. And she, year after year, she would go to the temple, and year after year, nothing. But this one time, she went to the temple, and she prayed a prayer unto the Lord, and it went like this. Lord, if you give me this son, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. You give me a child, 
I will give him back to you. And she prayed the prayer that God was bringing her towards. And then she made good on her word. She, she had a boy. It was an awesome experience. She gave uh, birth to Samuel, who became one of the greatest prophets in all of the Old Testament. She gave birth uh, to Samuel. And when it came time, she kept her word. And, and I realized, looking back and looking at these things, uh, it's important to pray. And it's important to let God lead you in prayer. And it's important to pray the prayer that God is leading you to pray. How many this morning feel a burden to pray the prayer that God is leading you, but you're just not willing to pray that prayer? Hannah prayed a prayer, and she finally got through to God. And let me tell you, Hannah experienced much prayer, much pain in her life. But I'm here to tell you this, that through much pain comes great prayers. Great pain equals great prayers. You've got to use the pain that God is allowing in your life and pray and bring it unto the Lord and pray the prayer that God is leading you towards. Hannah did that in her life. I look at that, I'm like, that is that is something. And you look at the history. Now, Pastor Paul, he knows the history about everything. You can walk out into the parking lot. He can flip over a, a rock, and he'll tell you all the things about that, the history of that, the history of Tewksbury, Lowell, everything. He knows history. So I, I, I dare not go there. But the history of Israel, these history books in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, the history of of, of Israel starts with a woman praying. She prayed a prayer, and she didn't just pray a prayer. She got her prayer answered. She got her prayer answered. And as I look at this, it speaks to my life, and it tells me, Dave, you pray the hard prayers, and you get them answered, and when it comes to time to fulfill what you said you were going to do, be a person who keeps your word. You got to look back and remember. Got to look back and remember. Not only do you need to look back and remember, you've got to consider. Oh, this does work, Pastor Paul. Thank you. You've got to consider. You've got to look back. That means you've got to think. As you look back and remember, you've got to consider. Consider the outcome of the way of life. You've got to think. Okay, the, this, this person, in the, don't you just love the scriptures? That the scriptures, they, if I wrote the story of my life, I would not have all the problems and all the things I did wrong in them. It would always be the mountaintops. <laughs> it'd, just, it'd just be the good stuff. It's all the good stuff. There'd be no bad hair days. There'd be no anything. There, I'd be 6'4". That's how tall I'd be. <clears throat> But you saw my dad. You see that God built, built us close to the ground. That's, that's, how, that's how that works. But when you read the scriptures, you look back, it, it's all there. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's there. So you've got to consider. Consider the outcome of the way of their life. So as you remember these leaders, and you look, you've got to consider, did, did they do it right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Scripture I'm not going to go into today because I'm not Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul can de divulge all those things. There's a lot of things in Scripture that are there for examples of what not to do. Examples of how not to treat one another. Examples of, I don't want my life to look like this. And there's, there's different types of marriages uh, in, in the scriptures. And, and, and you know what? I look at those and, 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 and I see that and say, you know what? I, I don't want my marriage to be like that. I want my marriage to be something a little different. I don't want my family to be like that. There's, you've got to consider the outcome of the way of their lives. You've got to gain a big picture as you remember. And you've got to consider the outcome of, of the way of life. And there's, there's so much in there for us uh, to consider. But as, uh, as the next step is, we've got to imitate their faith. So you've looked back, you remembered, you've considered, and now here comes the hard part. You've got to imitate. How do you like that picture, my son and I? You, like, you see that? 
That's, that's Stephen, that, that's Stephen, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what, we were at uh, my wife's uh, house. I don't know how old Stephen was there, but he has a penciled in, he has one of those mustaches that you buy, okay? He, he's got one of those mustaches that you buy, and mine looks, his looks actually better than mine. But, uh, but, but yeah, there's, uh, but, but today he's got a full, full blown beard. There's, there's, there's imitate, how many you know your kids? will imitate the things you do wrong way more than the things you do right. They watch everything. But here in scriptures, you've got to consider the outcome of the way of life, and you've got to imitate their faith. What did they do right? My dad's favorite biblical character is Abraham, because Abraham was the first and Abraham had to say yes. And Abraham didn't do it all right. He, he, he got it wrong, then he got it right. But Abraham was a person of faith who made decisions. My guy is David in the Bible. I, I love King David. He, he, he was nobody from nowhere, and God just took him and brought him to the king's palace and, and, uh, and then kicked him out of the palace and then brought him back to the palace. And, and then his boss was throwing spears at him. And then... And then uh, and then he got kicked out again, and then, uh, and, then, and then he was so attractive. He was attracted to all the wrong people. And the Bible says this about King David, that, uh, that everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontent gathered around David. About 400 people. In debt, discontent and distress and those were the first people that david led first people and you know what david took those men multiplied them and you'll read about david's mighty men and the exploits that he did with these people at one point those 400 men wanted to kill david at viklag they wanted to kill him because because they lost everything but, but uh, then, then uh, David encouraged himself in the Lord and said, you know what, we're going to take it all back. The very people who owed his life wanted to kill him, and he, he just had a word in season. He encouraged himself, said, nope, we're going to take it back. And then they started following him all over again. I, I, I'm here to tell you, there are no other people. There's just people. The grass is not greener on the other side. It's just the other side. There's nothing but If you're waiting for the perfect circumstance, for the right people, the right situation, uh, and then I'm going to jump in and do something, you will never, ever experience the right time to do that. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, he who watches the winds will never sow. It will never be the right time. You've got to go for it and go after it. David started with all the, all the different types of people there, and, and he built an army out of the people that God sent to him. You've got to imitate his faith. Things were brought to him, and he built something in it. You've got to consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their ways. Imitate their ways. That's the hard part. That comes to a decision-making process. That's a choice. When you've got to imitate something, you actually choose. You're choosing for yourself. You imitate. You obedient. You align your life with what you know is true. How many know that's the hard part right there? It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to tell everybody else what to do. It's easy to let them know and, and, and all that stuff. But when it comes time to align your life and say, this is true, now I've got to live by it. That's a different thing. And if you think you're the only person who, who's ever made that decision, I want to read you this scripture in Luke chapter 9. It says this, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Luke 9, 51. As the time came for him to be taken to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Even the Son of Man had to make a choice. He made a choice. And what was waiting for him in Jerusalem? Death, torture, betrayal, the cross, ultimately the resurrection. But it wasn't, it wasn't uh, an easy road for him to do. But the Son of Man made a choice. You and I, we have choices today. I stand here today because my dad made a choice. 
My dad made a choice. He made a choice to follow Jesus. He made a choice to raise his family. He made a choice. I had to make a choice. I, there's not enough religion in my dad's body for the whole family. I just want to let you know. It doesn't work that way. I have to make a choice. Our, my siblings have to make a choice. You make a choice. There comes time in your life when you're born, when you're in your parents' home, where all the choices are made for you. But now there are times where you have to make a choice, and it's not what has happened to me. It's how am I going to live? And the Bible wants us to live intentionally, not as a victim, but intentionally making the right choices unto the Lord. Jesus made choices. When the time came for him to make that choice, he made that choice and went to Jerusalem. And if he had to make that choice, you and I have to make that choice as well. We've got to make the choice. As for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord. Though none go with me, I will follow. Though, though, uh, though it's hard, I'm going to follow. It may be easy right now. I'm going to follow. I am going to make this choice to follow my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to imitate their ways as it tells me. And this is my favorite part of the scripture. We all know this. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? People know that scripture. But the context is a leadership development context. Let me read this to you again. Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God. Consider the outcome of the way of their life and imitate their faith. And the next verse says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same way he developed Moses, the same way he developed David, the same way he developed Hannah, the same way he developed Samuel, the same way he developed Elijah and Elisha, the same way he developed people in the Old Testament. He's developing people the same way today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's never been a time where God is not developing you. You've got to see the sovereign perspective of your life, knowing that you're in the palm of God's hands. He rejoices over you with thanksgiving. There is joy in the house of the Lord. At his right hands are blessings forevermore. God has been good to his children yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to be good to us yesterday, today, and forever. He's developed people yesterday, today, and forever, and he's not skipping a generation. He's not skipping your life. He's not skipping your house. He's not skipping you at all. All you need to do is call upon the name of the Lord. You shall be saved. And anybody who comes nigh unto the Lord, he shall in no wise cast you out. Where else can we go? Jesus has the words of eternal life. And I'm telling you today, if you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you stay in the presence of God, there is great victory for your life. There is great assurance in your life. It's in there for you. Because he's the same yesterday today and forever. As the worship team comes back, I'm reminded of the time when Jesus showed up to, to the grave of Lazarus, and Martha was there, and, and uh, she was a little upset with Jesus. I've been a little upset with Jesus from time to time. <laughs> and we've talked about it, and we've prayed through it. He doesn't change. I change. <laughs> He's the God who doesn't change. I change. But I've talked to him. And Jesus showed up to that gravesite. And she and Martha says, Lord, this is in John 11, Lord, if you were only here four days ago, you could have done something. She went in, into the past. I want you to see this. She went into the past. She, said, she saw Jesus four days ago. If you were here four days ago, if you were only here, you could have done something. And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. 
And then she said, she said I know, there's, there's going to be a great resurrection. And I, there's going to be a great resurrection. And she went into the future. To, the, to, to things that we haven't even experienced yet. She, went, she believed God for the past. She said, I, I know you could do it then. And I know you're going to do it there and then. And Jesus is standing right before Martha, and he says, I am the resurrection and the life today. I am that today. I'm this today for you. And Martha, she, she just could, she couldn't see it today. She could believe it there, she could believe it there, but couldn't believe it today. And I'm just here to remind you that Jesus is here today. And as I was sitting over there and then standing and worshiping, I just felt the love of God come over this place. There was like a, like a family. Like today feels like a family day. It just feels like a family day. Family love. I felt the love of God in my heart. I don't always feel that. It doesn't matter. It's okay. But I felt, God, felt the love of God for families. I felt it. And I'm just here to say, God can do it today in your family. He can do it today in your life. That the choice is yours. What type of family do you want? What type of person do you want to be? What is it? Okay, we're going to look back. We're going to see. We're going we're to be right here. We're going to consider. But as we leave these doors and, and go through the exits, are we going to imitate and align our life with the goodness of God and the mercy of God and draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? Not today. We're doing this today. We want to be found in the presence of God. We want our lives to count for the glory of God. And we want God to spend us however way he wants to spend us. And it will hurt, but we want to be right smack dab in the presence of God in our life. And we want to grow in God. Grow in the things of God. I just, I just, I just want it for your life, for you to experience this. Say yes to Jesus. He's got a plan for your life. Say yes to Jesus. He'll empower you to become and overcome every area of your life. Say yes to Jesus, for he's Emmanuel, God with us. Say yes to Jesus. He's overcome death, hell, and the grave. Say yes to Jesus. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. Lord, we say yes to you. We say yes. Where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. I'm just wondering, as, as the music plays and we worship the Lord one more time, I'm just wondering, could we come to the altar and finish this service at the altar. No agenda. Come up as a family. Come as you are. Just move. Just come. And just say, you know what? We're going to end 2023. We're going to shift. And we're going to align our life for 2024 to hear from God, to receive from God, to walk with God, to say yes with Jesus. Lord, lead me. We'll follow. Lord, where you lead me, I'll follow. Lord, you have my yes. You have my yes. Lord, take, take my family. Be the Lord of my family. Watch over my family. Lord, everything I care for, I give to you. I put it into your hands. I put my life into your hands. I trust myself with you more than I trust myself. Be the Lord of my life. We give you 2024. We put it into your hands. Lord, will you bless it? Will you press it? Will you shake me together? May I be a person of influence. 
May I live an intentional life. May my family live in the blessings of God. We want to walk with you. Lord, we don't want to be the same. Do everything, but don't leave us alone, God. Don't leave us to ourselves. Lord, don't leave us to ourselves. Come on, cry out to the Lord today. Cry out to God today. Cry out to God for your life, for your family, for your church, for your city. Cry out to God. He's the God who hears. He's the God who saves. He knows how to show up right on time. He does not delay. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
You know, when you say words like family, for some of you, no matter how hard you try to conjure up that idea of like it being a good space, it's, for some of you, it's a very bad space. Um, for some of you, it's a confused space. There's some of you here and you still don't know who your father is. You still don't know who your mother is. Or you know them and you don't wish for them to be a part of your life. And uh, you're kind of looking out here and saying, man, this is great for everybody else, but what about me? Like, I, it's just, I just, that's the whole point of today. Today is, is that you're the first person to take that step. And you might be looking at this really weird and, and you know, hearing about God. I'm just mindful. There are some of you hearing about God for the first time, hearing about Jesus. And, and um, Pat, David, Dr. Munley's up here, and he's excited. And he, you're looking at people, you're like, they're like crazy excited or whatever. But, like, you could just throw a thousand different illustrations in there. When I grew up in, uh, I was in Rhode Island, I, I was indirectly related to people. And and they were able to make all kinds of things happen. I had a lawyer that was trying to sue me. They made one phone call, the phone call disappeared. I said, how did, how did you make that problem go away? They said, ha, don't worry about it. And you know, when it comes to Jesus, like, and we're excited about him because he is that person that actually, he understands you. That, that, can, that stuff that's going through your mind about what about this and what about those questions. Like, he knows how to speak your language. He understands your losses. Some of you right here today, you've been decent parents. You've done the best that you can. And your kids have given you the cold shoulder. Some of you are that kid in here this morning. You know what? You need to be the first one to take the step and pick up the phone and say, Mom, Dad, uh, Grandma, Grandpa, I couldn't even remember what you need to just let go of the offense and pick up the first step and say it's I'm going to walk towards God and I'm going to walk towards forgiveness and I'm going to walk towards reconciliation and if I don't even maybe if you have that or that person that has you don't have that uh, family figure in your life you're going to say you know what I'm going to walk according to this word. I'm going to start reading First and Second Samuels and First and Second Kings over and over and over. And whatever the examples I see there that are good, I'm just going to start doing them. I'm going to start putting them into practice. But I just feel a desire to pray for those of you that are sitting there and you're looking at the whole thing of Jesus or you're looking at the whole thing family and you're like, that sounds really great for everybody else, but for me, it's just a mess. You are just like David's father. You, you are just like that person to say, I'm gonna take those first steps. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, it doesn't matter where we've come from, what's happened to us, what others have done. Lord, right now we take the first step that is completely what the gospel is all about. We say we forgive them. We release them. We let go of that hurt and that bitterness. I could nurse this grudge for the rest of my life, but it will never heal. And so I let it go. Father, the first step is for what's been done to us that was wrong or hurtful, that wasn't according to living and walking in those steps. Lord, they didn't know. And like you said on the cross, Father, we forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they did, the damage they did. So, but I can, I can take steps now to change my life, to be that person that changes the future of other people's lives, and most importantly, my own. Uh, the devil is not in charge of my life. Lord, you can be. So right now, in the name of Jesus, come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Be my example. Be my encouragement. Be my strength. I'm going to be the first follower in my family. I don't know what a father looks like, but I, I can see what you look like through scripture and through, through church. I don't know what a mom should be, but I can look to you. I don't understand all the church language or how things, but there's something I feel that just seems good here. And God, I just pray that you'd keep talking to me through people and you'd keep walking with me through life and that I would come to know the goodness of God, the love of Jesus, the power of forgiveness and the hope of a new tomorrow from generation to generation to generation. Lord, in this room, I pray blessing 
over our children's children, over those children that we will never meet, God. And their lives will be changed and the course of their life will be changed because we said, I like this, but it's not right for my life. I want to love Jesus more and so I choose him over this. I let go of that to grab onto this. I let go of bitterness and unforgiveness and I grab onto hope and joy and Jesus Christ. Let that blessing be upon your people today, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God has done so many good things here today. We're, we're going to let the music continue. We're not gonna officially kick you out of here, uh, but I will say that those in children's ministry are praying, oh Lord, draw the parents to get their children. And uh, thank you for being so gracious with them. We love you. Can we just thank Pastor Munley one more time here for just serving up such a great truth? We love you. You're not getting kicked out. We'll play one. We'll play another song. And uh, thank you for being here. God bless you. Thank you again for being with us today. To listen to our messages. Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and go to ne-cc.org for all news, events, and updates. Thank you, and God bless.